Braves and baseball fans, it's time to take a trip from coast to coast across Major League Baseball. There it goes, a long drive. If it stays fair, home run. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung out and missed a perfect game. Fly ball deep left center. Grissom on the run. Yes, yes, yes. The Atlanta Braves have given you a championship. Listen to this crowd. Left side, Swanson to first. Braves and baseball talk, straight from the diamond. Here's Grant McCauley. And welcome into From the Diamond. As always, I'm Grant McCauley. We continue our countdown to spring training with our Braves player preview series. We are going behind the plate to size up what the Braves have going on back there because goodness knows it made some headlines over the course of this winter. We'll size up what to expect from newcomer Sean Murphy, the incumbent Travis Darno, and anything else you need to know about what went on to get the Braves into this catching tandem. Of course, there was a very big trade. We'll recap some of that. We'll hear from Travis Darno. We will hear from Sean Murphy, and we will set the expectations for what this season has in store for both of those men. Before I get started with that, as always, I want to remind you, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for From the Diamond. You can find me on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. Also, over on Twitter, you can follow me at Grant McCauley. The show is at From the Diamond with an underscore on the end. On Instagram, I am at Grant McCauley there. The show is at From the Diamond. Like the show on Facebook, search for From the Diamond. And if you need any links to all of those things I just threw out there in a very rapid-fire fashion, FromTheDiamond.com is the place to get that. All right, with all of that out of the way, it's time to take a look behind the plate for the Atlanta Braves in 2023, where I feel like there's a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement, and some of this and the headlines made over the winter really seem to come out of nowhere. The Braves had a terrific catching tandem in 2022, led by all-stars, that's right, plural, all-stars, Travis Darno and William Contreras. While those guys were putting the Braves in the top five in just about every conceivable offensive category among catchers in all of baseball, Alex Anthopoulos' work over the winter is to find ways to make this club better, and he identified another one, pulling off yet another blockbuster trade with the Oakland Athletics in the same calendar year in which he got Matt Olson back in March. Well, he worked his magic again, and he got gold glover Sean Murphy from the A's just after the winter meetings. And this was a more complicated trade because it involved three teams, and the Milwaukee Brewers walked away from it all with William Contreras. That was one of the pieces the Braves had to part with, in addition to a prospect package that was highlighted by Kyle Muller and Freddie Tarnock and included Manny Pena, a man who was signed to be the Braves' backup catcher and injury derailed his season last year. But once all the smoke settled and everyone kind of came to terms with the fact that the Braves, who seemed to be set behind the plate, had decided to go out and make a move, then you could really start to think about what it is that Sean Murphy brings to the table. If you were talking about just purely defensively, finding ways to upgrade your team, particularly in the backdrop of some rules changes that we'll talk a little bit about in this episode, and we'll hear from Sean Murphy and Travis Darno their thoughts on this. It really felt like it was going to check a lot of boxes. Then you look at Sean Murphy's offensive profile. He's a guy that's going to be good with the bat, and he may be even better by getting out of Oakland's cavernous Coliseum and having the opportunity to hit in a much more hitter-friendly ballpark at Truist Park for half of his games during the season. Now, in true Braves fashion, it wasn't just making a trade, making a splash, making the club better. We know something else that Alex Anthopoulos is known to do, and that is signing young players to an extension. And Sean Murphy was the latest of those men 
Locked down for six years and $73 million with a seventh-year club option that could keep him around through the rest of the decade. So now the Braves find themselves with a club that is set up behind the plate at first base, at second base, at third base, a young shortstop in Vaughn Grissom that they hope is going to be able to carry the torch left by the departure of Dansby Swanson. Then you look out in the outfield. Ronald Acuna Jr. locked up to a long-term contract, as was Michael Harris, and Rookie of the Year runner-up, Spencer Strider. The Braves have a great young core, and they added Murphy to that group in a rather unexpected trade over the offseason. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Sean Murphy, and I'm going to circle back to him, but I want to get things started with Travis Darneau. He is a man who came over to the Braves prior to the 2020 shortened season and has made a very big impact, a very big impression on that clubhouse over his three years with this club thus far. He is signed through 2023. He's got a club option for 2024. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Travis Darno re-up with the Braves and stick around even longer if he continues to be a productive player. Now, just how productive was Travis Darno? Offensively speaking, he had the kind of bounce-back season that I know he was looking for. He set career highs in virtually every offensive category as far as full seasons are concerned. 18 homers, 25 doubles, 106 hits, and 61 runs scored in his age 33 season. Darno celebrates his 34th birthday this week with Braves pitchers and catchers just days away from reporting to Northport. When you look at Darno's three years in a Braves uniform, there have been some incredible highs and some lows, and most of the lows have involved injury. That's something that really plagued him throughout his career before he got to Atlanta. It wasn't the case in 2020. He appeared in 44 of the Braves' 60 games and was a key player in the postseason in both 2020 and 2021 when he caught every single inning of the Braves' magical run through October to that World Series championship. Now you look at the games played, only 60 games, as we saw the carousel of catchers the Braves had to go through in the absence of Darno, who tore a ligament in his thumb and missed a great portion of that 2021 season. After a regular offseason and coming back in 2022, Darno reestablished himself as an offensive force while being a leader for the pitching staff and for the club in general. And that's something that I think Atlanta is going to be leaning on quite a bit as we move into 2023 and beyond. The Braves are a club that I think very much embraces the true concept of a team. While they have lost some leaders in the past couple of off-seasons, there's just no way around that. Freddie Freeman's departure after 2021, Dansby Swanson's departure this past winter, it still feels like this is a club that has its personality, that is going to have the steady hand of a manager and a coaching staff that preaches consistency, and you have a talented club that knows how to win and keeps accountability at the forefront. When Travis met with the media at Braves Fan Fest, he talked about a variety of topics, including the arrival of Sean Murphy and the departure of Dansby Swanson and exactly what the Braves are expecting in the NL East, which, spoiler alert, is going to be that they're going to have a fight on their hands for winning their sixth consecutive title. As we've seen year after year demonstrated in baseball and in life, change is pretty much the only constant. And Darno discussed the departure of Swanson and just what the Braves are going to be missing with their former shortstop heading to Chicago. I love Dansby. He's been a tremendous friend of mine. He has been a tremendous influence in this organization since he came over. He's taught everybody in the clubhouse how to respect the game and how to pull on the same rope, basically. We all hope nothing but the best for him. We all understand it's a business. I mean, if we didn't learn with what happened with Freddie, how much of a business this is, then you learned it from Dansby. Um, I think the Cubs got a great shortstop, a great leader. He's going to change the culture in that organization back to the winning ways that they were before. But at the same time, I believe in the guys we have here, 
and I think we're going to be just fine. Alex has put together teams every year I've been here that are championship caliber teams, and, and that's no different this year. With Swanson's departure, one of the big headlines for the Braves over the course of the winter, this won't be the last time Travis Darnot and likely many of his teammates are asked about the absence of their longtime teammate. However, the Braves find themselves perhaps uniquely qualified for overcoming the loss of a franchise fixture. You know, it's kind of the same boat that we were in when Freddie left. There was a leadership role that was left open. So I think it's going to be this, a similar situation in spring, and somebody will naturally just fill that in. I don't know who it is. It might be somebody we don't even expect. So it, it's kind of a trial by fire again, and you just go into spring and try to be a, a good person, good teammate, and see who ends up filling that leadership role. Of course, the main role for Darno is behind the plate, helping handle this pitching staff, and he's going to be sharing those duties with Sean Murphy, the Braves' big winter acquisition. While many people, perhaps Darno included, did not expect the Braves to trade for another catcher this past winter, Alex Anthopoulos made sure his incumbent catcher understood what this move means for the club and for Darno himself. It showed me that he respects me and how I think and my thought process and wanted to make sure that we were on the same page before it all got released, which is something that you hope for in every GM or every owner even. And for me to get that was special and I didn't expect it. And I felt very grateful that he, he let me know before everybody else found out. Darno's excited about the arrival of Murphy and understands that this move can have a ripple effect on the lineup and, of course, the workload behind the plate, and that's something Darno certainly welcomes. I would say it's very beneficial. There's an old saying, two heads are better than one, especially when one of them's a gold glover, that it's special. It's, it's going to be big, especially in September and October. Both of us will feel fresh, which will help us not only behind the plate, but at the plate, I believe. Major League Baseball was busy over the winter, coming up with some new rules that will change the way the game is played, with a major part of the focus being on speeding the game up with a pitch clock and changing the way that runners are held, and perhaps the role that the stolen base will play in the game moving forward. All of those are things that we're going to find out, and Darno said they're going to use some valuable time as they head down to spring training to get a jump start on getting familiar with the new rules. It's new for me. It's new for everybody. I think in spring we'll kind of experiment and talk and figure out what's best for each individual more so than as a, a collective group. I don't know the exact rules. There's a lot of little things that not all of us are exactly sure about. I know in the minors it worked well and sped up the games, which isn't a bad thing, I would say. Sometimes three and a half hour games can be long. Uh, but at the same time, it'll be interesting when it's the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and you're only up by one, and there's a runner on third, and you have to worry about being fast or quick, whatever the term is. It'll be interesting and something it's kind of a, you learn just, facing it head on and going through the fire and learning through failure, kind of like how baseball is in general. It'll be new and it'll be fun, and we're all looking forward to try to figure out how to do this thing. In addition to the pitch clock, which is going to make pitchers much more focused on the batter and have to work much more quickly, the runners being held on will no longer be subject to throw after throw over to first base. A pitcher will be able to throw over twice. If he throws over a third time, he either picks the runner off or a balk is called. That's going to be an interesting caveat, and I'm sure we're going to see it in action for better or for worse. Major League Baseball also changed the size of the bases, making them a little bit larger, which many people believe will aid in stolen base attempts. Despite being the man tasked with throwing out all these would-be base dealers, Travis Darno is excited to kind of turn back the clock and bring some speed back into the game. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's bringing back a part of the game, I think, that's disappeared over the last five to ten years. You know, growing up, you saw a lot more of stolen bases, a lot more balls in play, a lot more hit and runs. And it seems like 
the game's trending back towards that. So it's just a little different game planning going into the game. You kind of know who the runners are if you pick three times, but they have to be out. Um, from what I've heard, too, is the hitters uh, having two picks, and if you've done one that runners don't really know. And then the it's not 90 feet to second base anymore, right? The bases are bigger, so it's like 89 feet, 11 inches and a half or something. You know, it's different. It's new. It's just something we'll have to adapt to. Outside of the rules changes, which we'll be watching in 2023, one thing we can expect is for the Braves to have a battle on their hands in the National League East. While Atlanta and the New York Mets each won 101 games, both of them were sitting on their couch watching the Philadelphia Phillies make it to the World Series. The Phillies knocked the Braves out in the division series en route to the NL pennant. Having such a great regular season only to have a short run in October is something Travis Darno said will be motivating this team as they get to work on 2023. Oh, yeah, definitely, especially against a division rival. Nobody wants to go home in the, our first round. I think it leaves a bitter taste on everybody's tongue to be motivated, and now we know that they're a great team, and especially in playoffs time, they were phenomenal. I actually thought that they were going to win it all. They were so hot, and I know in playoffs it's more about who's hot and, than who's the better team. So, yeah, I think we all got extra motivation and are, are ready to get this thing going. As for this division, not only were there two 100-win teams and the National League champion, but all of them were making moves over the course of the winter, perhaps none more so than the New York Mets, but the Phillies, they were also busy, and both clubs were spending a lot of money. One of the big reasons they had to do that is to try to catch up, keep pace, or outpace the Atlanta Braves. That is something that no NLE's team has been able to do since back in 2017. While the pass won't necessarily help the Braves out, it's been a pretty good indicator of what we can expect out of this club in 2023. And Darno said he is expecting a battle for the NL East crown. New York has obviously signed Verlander. DeGrom's not there. Philly has Trey Turner now. They both are great teams. Yeah, they, they've been making some big moves, and they're going to be good. They're going to be really good, and it'll be a battle till the end. I know we only play them 14 times now because we have to play everybody. I don't know if that changes anything, of, but now there's three big-headed monsters in this division, and it'll be a battle all the way till the end, just like it was last year. As I mentioned, 2022 was a career-best season for Travis Darno in most statistical categories and in wins above replacement, where he posted a 3.9 mark, according to Fangraphs. What to expect in 2023? Well, that couldn't have a lot to do with the kind of playing time that Travis Darno is going to get. But even on days Darno's not behind the plate, he could find himself in the lineup as one of Atlanta's more productive hitters to help Atlanta get the most out of the DH spot. As Darno heads into his age 34 season, the seven different projections that you can find on his Fangrass page expect him to be a useful player. He won't match that 3.9 war according to these projections, which are of course just that, projections. But he is slated to be worth at least a win and a half, if not up to 2.8 wins according to the Zips projection. If you're looking for statistical accomplishments, around 100 games, double-digit homers, 50 to 60 runs knocked in, and 45 to 55 runs scored seems to be about what is expected out of Darno, who could post an OPS somewhere in the 750 to 800 range, and a weighted runs created plus that's just below league average at 97, or at the high end of the projections, up around 114, which approaches the 120 weighted runs created plus that he put up in 2022. The good news for the Braves, though, is it's not just Darno having to carry all the weight behind home plate and be logging every single inning when it comes to the postseason yet again. Instead, the Braves have gone out and gotten one of the best young catchers in baseball and signed him to a long-term extension, and that man, of course, is Sean Murphy. 
It's yet to be seen how the playing time will break down between these two guys when it comes to who's behind the plate, but one would expect Murphy to catch between 100 and 110 games and Darno to handle the other 40 to 60 games, and when one's not catching, he could find himself in the lineup in the designated hitter spot. Let's talk a little bit about Sean Murphy, who a lot of Braves fans are going to be getting their first extended look at because he spent his career with the Oakland Athletics. Murphy won a gold glove in 2021, making 104 starts behind the plate. Last year at age 27, Murphy set a new career high with 116 starts behind the plate and continued to show why he's one of the best defensive catchers in the game. While he gets good marks for what he does behind the plate and his framing, Murphy also boasts the second best pop time in all the majors as well. That helped him throw out a career-high 31% of base runners a year ago and has him at 28% for his career, and that is something that could come in handy with the rules change we've already discussed, perhaps leading to more stolen bases this year. On the offensive side, Murphy set career highs in virtually every offensive category and even received some down-ballot support in the MVP voting for the American League. Murphy batted 250 with an OPS of 759 with 18 homers, 66 runs knocked in, 67 runs scored, 37 doubles among his 134 hits. All of those were career highs. Something I mentioned earlier that will be worth keeping an eye on is what Murphy is able to do no longer having to play half of his games in Oakland. At the Coliseum last year, 72 games, Murphy batted 226 with an OPS just above 700 with just seven home runs. In 76 road games, Murphy hit 272 with an OPS just over 800 with 11 home runs and 17 doubles as he slugged 467. With the Braves' home of Truist Park a much more hitter-friendly venue, you could expect to see Sean Murphy's offense take a big step forward in his age 28 season. So that's a little bit about what Sean Murphy did last year. I'll get to the projections a little bit later, but let's hear from the man himself from FanFest. While Alex Anthopoulos made sure Darno was one of his first calls upon trading for Sean Murphy, Murphy said that Darno was among the first to reach out to him. That means a lot. I don't know if I said this before, but he was one of the first people to reach out after the trade. I don't know how he got my number so quick, but, you know, the trade was announced, and I think he might have been one of the first two people to call me and just say, what's up, how's it going? We're excited to get started, and... Uh, and work together. Just like Darno, Murphy's going to be spending a good portion of spring training getting used to the new rules that MLB's thrown out there, which we'll get to in a moment. Unlike Darno, Murphy's going to spend time getting used to new teammates. Among those is Kyle Wright, who he had a chance to work with in his offseason home of Nashville. That yeah, was great, you know, just to meet him. And then one weekend I get traded, I come back in Monday, he's like, oh, what's up, teammate? Like, you know, so uh, I guess one of those small world things, I don't know, but. Uh, it's good. I get to see it. he's got a great work ethic and, uh, you know, I'm excited to start catching him off the mound here soon. Kyle Wright is not the only man that Murphy's going to be familiar with walking into the Braves clubhouse at spring training. One man in particular is Matt Olson, who he spent his first three seasons with out in Oakland. Olson was asked to talk about being Murphy's teammate and what his impression of him is as a catcher and provided this gem of a story from Murphy's rookie season of 2019. For whatever reason pops in my head, I just picture Murph when he first came up as like a 23, 24-year-old guy, and he's in spring training every day, like one of the first guys, just like a 40-year-old man, like sitting there with his crossword and like his analytic stuff, drinking a coffee. He's like, like is, this, is this kid like 23 or what? But that's kind of how he is. Like he's got his regiments, he's studious, he does his right thing. He goes out and he balls. No doubt the Braves are ready to learn all about that beginning in spring training. And for his part, Murphy said that Olsen's description pretty much fits him to a T. Yeah, uh, that's exactly how I would describe myself. Uh, you know, some people say I'm an old soul or whatever, but uh, I agree with that. I have old man tendencies. Uh, I do like my crossword and my coffee in the morning. 
Uh, so I take that as a compliment, no matter what he says. As for those rules changes, yeah, it'll be an adjustment, but Murphy doesn't believe it's going to throw that many guys off. We're just going to keep an eye on it in spring training, see who may or may not have an issue with it. I think a lot of guys will adjust fine on their own, and there might be a few guys that need a reminder. Just a little, hey, you know, speed it up, watch the clock kind of thing. I think all that will get squared away in spring training. So maybe there might be some, some stumbles early on, but I don't see it being an issue. While the pitch clock seems to be one of the easier adjustments, the lack of pickoff throws is going to be something everyone's watching to see what effect it has on the running game for all teams across Major League Baseball. Murphy said they'll try to find the best ways to mitigate that, and if it comes down to it, throwing runners out is something he's there to do. We're going to have to be creative. Uh, I think times to home are going to be more important, especially with the limited number of picks. We can't throw over a bunch of times to keep a guy honest. So I think keeping guys quick to home is going to be the best you know, form of control in the running game because you, know, you don't want to blow your pickoffs and then you give a guy a free shot at second base. So again, we'll see how this affects things. Action on the bases is always fun. I know I like it when I'm watching the game and that kind of cat and mouse thing is happening. So hopefully we get more of that, more action on the bases, more guys trying to steal. Uh, I think that's good for everybody. As you might imagine, the Braves are very excited to see Sean Murphy get settled in behind the plate for the next six or seven years and get what will likely be the lion's share of the catching duties. So what do the projections say we can expect from Murphy as he moves to the National League full-time? It's his age 28 season, and he's still expected to see 130 to 140 games. And while a good portion of those will be his starts behind the plate, he'll likely see quite a few starts as a DH. Murphy's projected to hit between 20 and 25 home runs and projected to drive in anywhere between 67 to 87 runs while scoring between 65 and 70 himself. Not much has changed as far as the expected batting average, but you could see his OPS rise above 800 while he's projected for a weighted run created plus of between 115 and 125 and a Fangrass wins above replacement of anywhere between 3.5 and 4.5 just one year after compiling a 5.1 F4 with Oakland in 2022. So that's the range for Sean Murphy. And again, I want to stress, those are just the projections. His numbers at the end of the year will look a lot different, but these services do give us an idea based on what he's done thus far in his big league career, and they give you plenty to be excited about both offensively and, of course, defensively, where Murphy's added value could really help out the Braves pitching staff in a number of different ways. As I sized up the catcher's episode of the Braves player preview, I wanted to set an over-under for what we could expect out of the duo of Travis Darno and Sean Murphy. Last year, the Braves catching duo of Travis Darno and William Contreras drove in 105 runs. And yes, some of those were driven in from the DH spot, but since we can expect Darno and Murphy to see at bats as Atlanta's designated hitter, I thought it would be interesting to set the over-under for runs batted in by this duo at 119.5. And if I'm being honest... I think I'm going to take the over. The Braves are going to get a lot of production from either man when he's behind home plate, and I think it's going to be a boost to finding some production in the DH spot where Atlanta was in the middle to lower third in the league as far as productivity went as the National League switched to the full-time DH. So I'll throw the question out there to you. Are you going to take the over or the under? 119.5 RBI for Darno and Murphy. I think I'm going to take the over, but I want to hear what you have to say. So hit me up on Twitter and let me know which way you're leaning. That'll wrap things up for this episode of From the Diamond. As always, thanks for making the show part of your baseball podcast regimen. I look forward to bringing you more Braves player previews. I've got a few more in the works as we count down the days to Braves pitchers and catchers reporting on February 15th down in Northport. As always, make sure you subscribe to From the Diamond wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Grant McCauley. You can find the show on Twitter at From the Diamond with an underscore on the end. And on Instagram at From the Diamond is where you can find the show. 
If you're on Facebook, why don't you give the show a like? I'd appreciate that. Just search for From the Diamond. And if you need links for any and all of those things, check out FromTheDiamond.com. I've got some good stuff planned for spring training coverage as I head on down to Northport this next week. And of course, From the Diamond will be live on 92.9 The Game. February 26th, 5 to 7, and Sundays 5 to 7 throughout the season. Really excited to bring the show back there and look forward to taking the ride in 2023 with all of you. Once again, thanks for listening to this edition of the show and my Braves player preview series, which will continue on through the weekend. Until next time, I'm Grant McCauley. So long, everyone. <laughs>